0: Thank you, Kathy, and thank you, Jan, for those uh, songs that remind us of God's majesty and how Christ is our king on this last Sunday before Advent. Christ is our king. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our whole lives. Jesus the promised one, the Messiah of God given to the Hebrews and given to the world for the sake of God's children, God's beloved children, so that we might be reconciled to him, that we can be brought back into faithful covenant relationship with him and that we can live Forever. We've learned over the last number of weeks, as we've studied through Hebrews chapter 8 through 12, about how Hebrews, this book of the scriptures that we've read, that we have studied and learned from, is a book that describes a better way. We've called it the better book. Over these past number of weeks, we learned about how things are better because of God's faithfulness. We learned that Jesus is better than the prophets. We learned that Jesus is a better high priest that comes before the throne of God for the sins of the people. We've learned how Jesus is a better mediator of the covenant than Moses, the great prophet. We've learned how Jesus brings a better covenant, a covenant written on our hearts rather than Words written down in stone or in paper. The Spirit of God resides within us and we know, each one of us knows the presence of God and his desire for us. And of course, we learned that Jesus is the better sacrifice. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world not just, one, not just one time and then again and then again and then again as the priests of the old covenant, but rather a sacrifice by which one sacrifice for all people for all time has made us all righteous as we turn our hearts towards him we also have learned how God is the faithful one. That the faith that we are talking about is shown in God's faithfulness to covenant, God's faithfulness to his people, God's faithfulness to fulfill his promises. This faith, this pistis faith, as we learned from Jesse last week. And because of God's faithfulness, we have learned that God is worthy of our trust. God is worthy of our response. God is worthy of our faithful response to his faithfulness. Pistuo. We learned last week, of the examples of all those who have gone before and especially those who are highlighted in Hebrews 11, this hall of faith. Men and women who heard the promise of God, who were called to walk with God in faith and chose to act in faith, to respond to God's faithfulness to us. And now, and now it's our turn. It's our turn to hear again the words of the book of Hebrews, calling us to hear the words of Jesus spoken not just in his day, but a living word that is spoken day after day as the Spirit speaks into our hearts and minds, reminds us of God's presence, God's faithfulness, God's power, God's transformation into righteousness, which is available to all who will hear his words. It's our turn to hear God's voice, to consider his promises, to reflect on his faithfulness to us and to respond. We read this morning from Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read to you again, Hebrews 12 verse one. Therefore, you remember what I said about therefore? Okay, I'm not gonna repeat it because you know, it's too cheesy, but. Therefore, pay attention. Therefore, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, those who have gone before, those who have lived in faith, in covenant with God, therefore let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. I'm a proud parent of four children, and our kids have been involved in various sporting activities over the years. And if you want to see someone who gets excited by uh, life and the events of life, there's nothing like a parent cheering on their child at a school event or or a track club meet or a volleyball game parents can get kind of intense. And in fact, it can go a little too far sometimes. Now, certainly Kathy and I have never done that. Though we probably have embarrassed our children time and time again when we're the voice in the crowd saying, you can do it! Go for it! We are cheering on our children because... We have such great hopes for them. We know how hard they have worked. We know how how much they have invested all the time, all the practices, all the early mornings, all the anxieties and the butterflies. And now's the moment. And so we are cheering them on as parents. Oh boy, I can't believe that happened. Wow. woo We cheer because our hopes are with them. Our desire is for them to do well, to succeed at what they have been trying so long and so hard to do. We want them to succeed. You and I, brothers and sisters, do not walk through this life of faith on our own. And I'm not talking about the brothers and sisters that you see on the bench next to you or that you encounter in your life groups or your discipleship groups or that you gather for coffee with. Yes, we walk together in our faith in this way, but we are also part of something much bigger than that. When we gather here in the spirit of Christ, we gather together with the communion of saints who are already in the presence of God. There is an earthly gathering here, but there is also a heavenly gathering going on at the same time. And those who have gone before us, those brothers and sisters of the faith, whether they are in the hall of faith that we talked about from Hebrews 11, or whether it's our parents and grandparents and those who have left a legacy of faith in our lives. They are cheering us on. They are cheering us on. They are this great cloud of witnesses that desire for us to succeed, for us to live faithfully, for us to receive that which has been promised to all of God's children. Since we have this communion of saints that is with us, cheering us on, now let us do what we have been called to do in Christ. This text in Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 has been taught on many times. It's one of those cheerleading texts for our faith. And you've probably heard it a million times about, you know, here's this race. And this is what you do for a race. And this is how you're going to do it. And this is, we have to train. And we ha- you know these metaphors. You've heard these things before. So let us consider again, in light of what we have learned about God's faithfulness, how we might respond in faith. The first thing that we are told is that we are to get rid of what holds us back. The things that weigh us down and the sin that distracts and derails and brings brokenness to the race that we are to run. Each of us must consider what is it that is holding us back. For each of us, those weights that we are carrying, the baggage that we are bringing along on this race is different because each of our experiences, each of our lives has taken a different path. For some, it may be that you are in a relationship that you should not be in. Whether that's a friendship, that is pulling you in a wrong direction, a romantic relationship that has no future or is toxic, or a relationship in which there is constant belittlement, abuse, someone who does not want the best for you, but only what they can get from you for themselves for some of us here today what is holding us back is the way that we have been giving in again and again to our human desires rather than living by spiritual gifts that we have been called to our desires to be recognized look at me I'm worth it am I not Can you acknowledge that I'm worth it? And if I do something just a little bit special, then maybe I can get that recognition that I need. But that's a distraction from the race that we're called to run. The recognition of God's voice saying, well done, my child. Keep the faith. Our desires to achieve. And for the rush that we get, when we stand atop the podium of life. Some of us just want the easy path. If it's going to be hard, I don't want it. If it's going to make me sweat, I don't think I need it. If it's going to make me uncomfortable, why would I even go there? That is not the voice of God in our lives. For some of us, the weight that we are bringing along with us is something that actually may have been good for us or in our lives at some point. Something that helped us grow, something that was meaningful. Perhaps an identity that you have carried with you as to How you describe yourself and see yourself and think about yourself. And maybe in one season, that identity was something that was good. Something that reminded you of where you were headed or what God wanted from you in that season and how you were to grow, to learn, to become more faithful to God in that season. But sometimes when we cling on to something that was meaningful in the past, we get stuck there. Something that we say about the life of discipleship is that Jesus is a living Savior. He is the living word. Jesus is on the move. The Spirit of God is always moving and if you are stuck in a moment of the past, then you are moving further and further away from the presence and the voice of God in your life. It's holding you back. Some of us are held back by our poor choices or let's call it what it is, sin choices. Not giving God what is due in our lives. Whether that's praise and thanksgiving, whether that's sacrifice and offering and generosity, whether that is service or whatever kind of faithfulness that we have been called to, we are being held back in this journey, this race that we are running because we haven't been giving of ourselves in the way that God calls us to. Hear the words of Hebrews today. Cast it aside. Throw it down. It's holding you back. You've got a race to run. And to do this, we look to Jesus who is our example. Jesus faced opposition Jesus faced trials and temptations. And Jesus knew very well the struggle to be faithful. And in the midst of all of those things, he persevered. And we who are the children of Christ, receive the spirit of Christ. So we too can do what Jesus has done because his power will accomplish it. His hands, his feet have become enfleshed in our own. He is here with us. He is in us. And by the power of Christ and his spirit, we too can persevere. What are the mountains that you are trying to climb right now? What is in your way? Is it a broken heart and deep woundedness that just seems impossible to get past? Is it the daily grind of running and running and getting nowhere, that hamster wheel of life? When you run, you're supposed to be able to move without running you're supposed to get from the starting point to a finish point. But if you're on a wheel that is meaningless, you go nowhere. We look to Jesus for our example of where to set our feet, when to lay our burdens at the foot of the cross and to call on the Spirit of God to lead us to show us where we might go. The third thing that we do as we run this race is that we keep our eyes on the prize. Certainly the prize of heaven we heard it described today. We, we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the angels in festival gathering, the assembly of the firstborn who are there cheering us on to the God who judges us and the spirits of the righteous who are made perfect. The mediator of the new covenant, Jesus, is there waiting for us and his blood has made a way. All of these things are waiting the promise of God's presence, the new heaven and the new earth, the day is coming. This text in Hebrews 12 also reminds us that this reality is something we need to pay attention to. All of this that we know here today, the the daily grind that we're a part of, the day-to-day, one day Soon it will end. Jesus is faithful to his promise that he will come again. And when he comes again, everything will be shaken. And anything that is not strong and righteous and built on a foundation of Christ will fall to pieces. Or as it says in verse 29, our God is a consuming fire. We make much of God's love and we make much of God's kindness and mercy, and rightly so. That love burns with an intensity, though, and that intensity of God's love burns away anything that is unworthy of his presence. So what have you built that will stand that test? What in my life is straw and what is gold that will be refined and come through that consuming fire? Where are you investing your life, your time, your energy, your focus, your joy, your love? Let us keep our eyes on the prize and know who it is that has called us and wants to walk with us in eternity. This is the message of Hebrews. Our God is faithful, He never fails. His love never fails. His mercy never fails. His forgiveness never fails. His presence never fails. His power never fails. And the righteousness that he has given to us in Jesus Christ never fails. Because of all of these things, brothers and sisters, let us Run, let us run with faith, let us run with perseverance, and reach that prize. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we have come to know you through the living word, Jesus Christ, and that by his sacrifice, he has made a way for us to be in eternal relationship with you, called your beloved and righteous children. May we respond in faith as we run this race with perseverance. And Lord, we are so thankful for this cloud of witnesses that cheers us on. May their voices before your throne be heard even by us today as we listen for your voice in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.